as we begin Holy Week this morning, I'd like to tell you two stories. One from Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, and one from Hollywood 12 years ago. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of the last week of the earthly life of Jesus. And the story can be found in all four Gospels. We're going to read it in Mark chapter 11. It says this, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. Just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and, I, and will send it back shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut out in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. That's the Palm Sunday story. And as we look at our map, in Luke 9, we read that Jesus was resolved to get to Jerusalem. Not just to get there, but to die there and to rise there. And he begins the long journey from Bethsaida. He travels along the border of Samaria and Galilee. He stops in Jericho, heals a blind beggar dinner with a wealthy tax collector named Zacchaeus. And in our passage of scripture this morning tells us, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany, the Mount of Olives. See, Bethany is now only two miles away from Jerusalem. Jesus could hear and sense the hustle and bustle of the city. He could smell the burning of sacrifices from the temple. And as he enters the city, as his journey to the cross is nearing its culmination, people begin to throw palm branches down and shout, Hosanna, which means Lord save us. In Hebrew, it's Hoshiana, uh, save us, deliver us, we pray. It was an acknowledgement of power as well as a petition, a longing. It was a prayer for deliverance, though they were probably thinking he was to deliver them not from their sin, but from the Romans themselves. And this is how Jesus begins the last week of his earthly life. Within a week, he will have been betrayed by a kiss from a friend, denied by another friend, tried on false charges, found guilty and crucified on a cross between two thieves. He will be buried in a borrowed tomb, and three days later, he will rise from the dead. There is another story that in many ways parallels Jesus' journey to the cross, and it was the 2008 film, Seven Pounds, starring Will Smith. I know some of you haven't seen it, some of you have. If you haven't seen it, you have my permission to pause the service now, go and watch it, and you can pick this up tomorrow, um, because I'm going to be giving you some spoilers, okay? Seven Pounds is a movie about a supposed IRS agent named Ben Thomas. And through flashback and flash forward, you begin to see very early on in the story that he is headed somewhere, okay? His heart is, head, is, is, is pointing towards something. And you don't know what it is until the end of the movie, or in this case, at the end of the sermon. You don't know. But much like Jesus, Ben Thomas is resolved to accomplish something. And just like Jesus, he meets people on his journey, and he helps them. 
Jesus, it was, it was the lepers, it was the blind beggars, it was Zacchaeus. It was all these people along the way on his journey. And for Ben, he meets Ezra Turner, who is a blind meat salesman. And Ben encourages him at a diner to ask the waitress out for dinner. Ben meets Connie Tepos, a Latin immigrant whose boyfriend beats her regularly. He almost killed her in the previous year, but Connie was too scared of the repercussions to press charges, and she fears for her two children. Ben tries to convince Connie that he can help, that he can help keep her safe, give them a fresh start. This is the kind of person Ben Thomas is. He wants to help people who are hurting. But Connie is just overcome with fear, and it paralyzes her. And she demands that Ben Thomas leave the house. Ben leaves his card and says, please, if you ever change your mind, here's my card. I can change your circumstances. I can help. And several days later, many minutes go by in the movies, in the movie, a scared and desperate Connie calls Ben to accept his help. Ben arrives momentarily, and he realizes that Connie's boy boyfriend had beat her once again. And watch what happens in this scene. Isn't that a beautiful moment? That line in the letter, if you're wondering why you, please stop. What a line. How many times have I wondered why God chooses to love me, chooses to adore me, chooses to bless me with an amazing family? And amidst my protest, God says, if you're wondering why you, please stop. That's how God feels about us. It's never about our merit. It's never about how good we are. It's about how good he is. It's about our love for God. It's always about his love for us. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, let's take a look at the map of the ancient city during the first century. So if he enters through the side of Bethany in the Mount of Olives, it only makes sense that the first place that he goes to is, yeah, the temple. The temple. And that's what it says in Luke 19, verse 45. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Here, Jesus throws his famous temple tantrum. Okay? Let's look at this phrase, a den of robbers. Some translations say it's a den of thieves. This was Jesus' description of the temple establishment in his own day. Now, I used to think that Jesus was, you know, he was just quoting Jeremiah, calling Jerusalem temple a den of robbers, in that he was upset with the institution's financial practice, charging too much money for their services and the like. But the meaning runs much deeper than that. See, a den of robbers is not a place where thieves go to rob people. It's where they go to hide out after they've done the robbing. Did you catch that? A den of robbers is not a place where thieves go to rob people. It's the place where they go to hide out after doing their robbing. The religious system of Israel, like any religious system today, can become a spiritual hideout for people with a guilty conscience. 
Rather than change how they lived, the people of Israel simply added a little religion to their lives to keep everything balanced. Have you ever experienced that? You go to a church hoping to find mercy, grace, acceptance, and only to find a den of robbers hiding in the facade of religion and religiosity. Jesus' most harsh rebukes are always for the religious leaders who are supposed to be helping others, but actually ended up hurting others. We see this with Ben Thomas as well. Back to seven pounds. Early on in the film, Ben is visiting the director of a retirement home. And he's trying to discern what kind of person the director is. And after meeting with him, he's unsure. So he visits an elderly patient at the care home. Her name is Inez. And he tells Inez that, that you can trust me. What kind of person is the director? Watch this scene. See, Ben rebukes the leader who is supposed to be healing the sick, but is actually punishing them. Jesus rebukes religious leaders who are supposed to be healing the sick, but are actually judging them. On his last night with his disciples, Luke writes this in chapter 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. On Good Friday, in just a few days, we're going to be taking communion together during our Good Friday service. Um, it's a beautiful thing that Christians have been doing for 2,000 years, starting with this very night that we just read about. The last night of Jesus' freedom. The last moments he can spend with his disciples. He eats with them. He laughs with them. He knew what was before him. And he spent this time face to face, sitting next to them, reclining with them. In the movie, Ben Thomas meets Emily Posa, played by Rosario Dawson. And she is a woman in her late 20s who is in desperate need of a heart transplant. She's very sick, and she's also behind on her taxes and finances. And she and Ben are drawn together. Their hearts are connected. And Emily was given a pager by her doctor. You see, she has a rare blood type, and her only hope for life is if her pager is off, signaling that there is a heart donor with the matching blood type. And Ben gives her a break on the taxes, but his friendship to her becomes a much greater gift in the life of Emily Posa. And on the last night of the movie, they have dinner together, much like Jesus and his disciples. And Ben sees her broken heart in all its beauty. What could Ben do to heal, help and heal this woman? Who, this woman who has such a beautiful heart, but also such a broken heart. What could Ben do? And after Jesus leaves his dinner with his disciples, he heads out to a garden and he prays. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. 
yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. In the medical community, this is called uh, hematidrosis, and it's rare. But it's a, it's a legit medical condition when one's sweat contains blood. The sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels, and they constrict and then dilate to the point of rupture, and sweat and blood are fused together. Its cause is extreme anguish. In, uh, in the other gospel accounts, we see Jesus' level of anguish. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Yes. This is the pain of the road less traveled. Jesus is going to die for the people who are crucifying him. And he is in agony over it. If there's another way, God, let it be so. But yet, not my will, let your will be done. And so after leaving dinner, Jesus, is, Jesus experiences great agony. And after leaving dinner with Emily Posa, Ben Thomas also experiences great agony. Jesus is struggling with the reality that he will die. Ben is struggling with the reality that he too will die. You see, the goal that Ben had been headed toward, the thing that he had his heart set on, we begin to discover that Ben's plan all along was to die so that others could live. In the whole movie, he is journeying to this point. Just as Jesus was resolved for Jerusalem, Ben was resolved for his own Jerusalem. And just like Jesus, Ben fell more in love with the people that he encountered, the people that he was to die for, even as he's heading towards that fate. In one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, Ben has this Garden of Gethsemane moment. This anguish. He wants to find out if there's any other way for Emily to survive. So he runs through the rain to the hospital and finds Emily's heart doctor. Watch this scene. He encounters these people knowing where he is headed, falling more in love with them as he nears his final fate. Jesus does this for us. Jesus does this with the people he encounters on the way to the cross. Father, as if there is any other way, if you are willing, take this cup from me. In the metaphor between the fictional story of Ben Thomas and the true story of the death of Jesus, the, the, the connection it eventually breaks down, okay? All metaphors break down. But the connection is unmistakable. And when Ben Thomas dies at the end of the movie, the hospital pager of Emily Posa goes off and his heart is donated to her. And the eyes of Ben Thomas are donated to the blind man named Ezra who plays piano for children's choir. And at the end of the movie, Ezra and Emily meet. Emily sees Ben in Ezra's eyes. And Ezra sees Ben in Emily's heart. Once again, all metaphors break down at some point, but Jesus gives us 
a new heart. Can people see Jesus in your heart? Jesus gives us eyes to see the beauty around us and the people around us. Can people see Jesus in how we look at them? That is the road less traveled. A journey of sacrificial love with Jesus. A journey where we meet people along the way and show them the heart of God. A journey where we see in others goodness when everybody else sees lepers and blind beggars. A journey where the hurting, the vulnerable, the sick, and the blind find blessing in Jesus. A journey where the religious are called out for form over faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Palm Sunday and your triumphant and humble entry into Jerusalem. God, we thank you how you upset the apple cart of religion and replaced religion with yourself. God, we thank you that you always love in the real and not in the abstract. And God, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, God, that you give us a new heart. You grow our capacity to love. God, thank you that you give us new eyes, eyes to see what's been before us the whole time, the abundant life that you offer. So Jesus, we pray for that this week. As we enter Holy Week, may you give us eyes to see the people around us, to love the people around us. Give us a heart that grows to reach out in a greater way. And so God, lead us. We believe that even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we may not feel it, you're working. Draw us close to you, Jesus. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Done.